Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. You may be listening or you may be watching and listening, but I welcome you. I've been getting comments from people about this podcast, and I've got several pages of them. Just give you an idea what people are saying. Candace says, yes, uh, uh, every podcast you do gives me hope, helps build my faith, teaches me how to use my authority and how to receive my healing. Uh, Stephen says, your podcast is bringing me hope, faith, peace, and strength through the teachings of God's Word. Uh, Chantez says, yes, uh, your podcast gives me strength, builds my faith, puts my trust in God because He is able. And then she's got a clapping icon. Uh, Such encouragement and upbeat, hope-filled, reminder-fused few moments of the day. Um, Always turns... Uh, what might be a tough moment into one with a perspective shift. Uh, You're making an impact with your podcast. Thank you, Beth. Uh, Virginia says, yes, and continue to be bold and speak with authority. Rosie says, you give me encouragement and hope. Debbie says, lots of faith and encouragement. Lisa, I really appreciate this style of podcast. Thank you, Lisa. I love hearing about your travels and ministry. Hope you see... Hope to see more like this. I hear the peaceful wisdom of God as you speak. Thank you, Lisa. Elena says, a timely word each time. Thank you, Richard. Your word never fails. Uh, Let's see. Chris uh, says, thank you and your family for being such a light in the darkness. Uh, Mark, hello from Scotland. Keep sharing these podcasts, okay? Shantez, I so needed what you said today. Is referring to what I guess I gave last week. Metro says, uh, amazing, I praise God for all you do. Please don't stop. Uh, this is from someone who is, um, didn't give their name, just watch, watching on a Survivor's Channel. What a name, Survivor's Channel. I was feeling a little defeated and looking for a word of strength when I came across your message. Thank you for your podcasts. Uh, Virginia says, what an awesome video I watched this morning. I love the Lord, how how the Lord is using you. Thank you for sharing your experiences and teaching these concepts. I'm replaying it over and over again, on and on and on. Uh, If you have a comment, make uh, make contact with me, richardroberts.org, and let me know how you feel about these podcasts. Uh, If you have your Bible, you might want to open up to Mark uh, chapter 11. Uh, I've been... um, I, I like to use these green legal sheets. I mean, yellow. I'm sorry. Green. I'm using green ink. Uh, these yellow legal sheets. I, I guess. I guess I'm a creature of habit. I grew up watching my dad write books, and he always used these yellow legal pads. And so, as I said, I'm a creature of habit. So Lindsay keeps me stored up with these yellow legal pads, and the only pen I could find. <laughs> Yesterday was a green felt tip, so if it looks a little weird. <laughs> and then the bigger problem is reading what I wrote. <laughs> because I feel like I write in tongues, and I can't even read it half the time myself. <laughs> Sometimes I put on my glasses to read, and that doesn't help. <laughs> my wife laughs at me and laughs at me because uh, of, of what I write and the fact that I have to go to her and say, can you translate what I just wrote? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, turn over to Mark chapter 11, uh, chapter uh, 23 and, uh, ch- uh, sorry, chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, and uh, verses 23, 25. I'll read that in a minute, but let me just set it up by explaining the situation. Jesus and his disciples had gone into a city, and uh, they saw a fig tree. Jesus saw it from afar off, and he went over to it hoping to get some figs, but the Bible says it was not yet fig season. 
so there were no figs on it. And Jesus cursed the tree. That's an unusual thing for Jesus to talk to a tree, but he did. He talked to the tree and said, you shall bear fruit again no more forever. Well, the disciples were all standing there and I'm sure they heard every word that he said and they looked and it didn't appear that anything changed. And they went on into the city and they, they spent the night and did whatever they did while they were there. They came back the next day and Peter looked up and said, Jesus, the tree that you cursed yesterday has dried up from the roots. Well, that's an amazing thing. The day before, when he cursed it, nothing seemed to happen on the outside, but something was happening on the inside. And I want to talk to you a little bit about positive confession because it is a known fact that positive confession promotes healing while negative confession can actually cause or worsen sickness and disease. I read this on the internet and I made a note of it. It said, words have energy. And by saying negative things to a plant, for example, a flower, bush, something like that. By saying negative things to a plant, negative energy is transferred, which can actually hurt plants and cause them to wither and die. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Well, no, it's a known scientific fact. I, I read a, another story about a man who did uh, a, 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 an experiment. He took two flower pots and set them out in the sun, equal, equal sun and equal water each day. And for three weeks, for 21 days, one plant he cursed out loud. He, he commanded it to wither and die. Now, still getting sun, still getting water every day, the same amount as the other. He just kept berating it and belittling it and cursing it. But the other one, he praised. He, he talked about growth. He talked about the, the life and the health of the plant. Three weeks passed. The one that he had blessed was thriving, but the one that he had cursed was withering and dying. There is so much power in your words. Words are what God used to create everything you can see from what you cannot see. Now, how does your faith play in with this? Well, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says that faith, and by the way, you were born with faith. God hath given to every man the measure of faith. You were born with it. You have faith. You could not have gotten saved without faith. We'll get into that in a minute. Faith, the Bible says in Hebrews 11:1, 1, is the substance of things hoped for. Now let's stop right there. Your faith has substance. Faith is the substance of what you're hoping for. The evidence or proof of that which you have not seen. Faith is in your heart, but faith must come up out of your mouth. What you say with your faith is incredibly important. What you say, the positive confession. Now, to me, Hebrews 11.1 1 means this, that you may not yet see the answer to the problem that you're facing, but by faith, you know it's on the way. Now, let me illustrate this. Uh, about uh, four, or four, four, four months or so after Lindsay and I got married, which was back in 1980, uh, I had a, a healing one night in one of my services. And it was an unusual healing. A, a man had broken his toe and it had it x-rayed and it showed a break and he had come on crutches because he couldn't walk on that foot. He came to my meeting and at the close of the service, 
I found myself saying these words, having no knowledge that he was even there. I said, Lord, heal that man's big toe. And I wondered why I said it. And um, I went home and a few days later, I got a letter from a man and it was this man. And he said, your, your service was great and my, my toe was broken, but when you said, Lord, heal that man's big toe, suddenly my toe snapped, it kind of popped. He said, I stood up from my chair and I could put all my weight on that foot. I could jump, I could run around and I put my crutches down, I could walk. And he wanted to know what I did. And I wrote him back and said, sir, I didn't do anything. In fact, I felt strange saying what I said. Well, I didn't understand that was the beginning of the word of knowledge operating through me. And um, I had a dream for several nights about a toe being healed and I told my wife. And she said, this is the beginning of your healing ministry. Now it had been prophesied that my healing ministry would be a spoken word healing ministry. Not that I don't occasionally lay hands on people because that's a Bible-honored way of praying for the sick, but that was the method that God gave my father, Oral Roberts, but God had prophesied over me that it would be a different kind of healing ministry. It would be a, a word of knowledge ministry. I would speak and people would be healed. And it's happening, it's happened all these years, all over the years. Well, Lindsay and I got a hold of that prophetic word and we began to confess now, what do we confess? We confess this scripture, which I'm going to read to you here in Mark 11, 23 through 25. And this is after Jesus had seen the fig tree that he had cursed the day before, now withered from the roots. He said to his disciples in verse 22, have faith in God, or in other words, have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, this need, this problem, whatever you're facing, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, see God's not against you having things, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Lindsay and I began to confess that scripture. We began to say out loud, we receive a healing ministry. Now, nobody else was getting healed. <laughs> we continued to travel. I continued to pray for people. There were no miracles that were happening. I didn't have it in fact, but I had it by faith. Now, don't say, Richard, you're just being weird. No, I'm not being weird. I'm being, I'm being realistic. I'm talking about what the Bible says. The Bible says that I can speak those things into existence. Did you hear that? I began to do what the Bible says. What things ever you desire, when you pray, believe. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Lindsay and I began to say, by faith, we receive a healing ministry. Now, as I said, we didn't have it, but we had it by faith. And each day, we confessed that. Not a day went by without Lindsay and me confessing. We confessed that. I didn't announce it on television, didn't tell my family, didn't tell anybody else. We were talking to the Lord. And within a few months, the healing ministry broke out in our lives and it's been happening ever since wherever I go. I was just preaching recently up in Chicago and a wonderful church in Aurora, which is just maybe 30, 40 miles outside of Chicago. And uh, when I prayed for the sick, uh, there were at least 25, at least 25% of the church, of the congregation, came forward to give healing, healing testimonies. And I was just in another church just the other day in another city and the same thing happened. It's, it's been happening for 42 
years. Now, this is what I call confessing what is not as though it is. That's what positive confession is. I'm not talking about some mental game. I'm talking about quoting the Word of God. Go back in the Bible into, uh, into 1 Kings and you'll find the story of Elijah. He said it's not going to rain until I say so. And I'm sure you have read that story. And then he had to, he had to flee for his life. <laughs> and he wound up uh, by a little brook where the ravens uh, came and brought him food and he drank water from the brook and it dried up. And he had to go to a little city called Zarephath where God sent him and said, I've commanded a widow to sustain you. And I'm sure you know what happened. She was cooking her last meal and he said, thus saith the Lord, give me the first portion and your meal bearer will not diminish your crucible oil shall not fail. She did. And uh, the, 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 food, the food supply was not diminished and it just kept pouring out. Every time she opened the, uh, the flour barrel or the meal barrel and, and the crucible oil, there was enough for more. And then God sent Elijah back to Israel. King Ahab. And Elijah said, it's going to rain. Now, he had destroyed 450 prophets of Baal on his way back. Okay? False prophets. He'd killed them all. You could do that in those days. <laughs> and he came to King Ahab and he said, it's going to rain. There was not a cloud in the sky. Now, I want you to imagine me going out here in this hot as you know what, Oklahoma summer. <laughs> we have been experiencing terrible heat. This whole part of the country has. Um, as I'm making this video, it's supposed to be 103 today. And we've had it higher than that. Uh, imagine me going out on a cloudless August day, looking up in the sky and saying, it's going to rain. People would think I was nuts, you know. <laughs> Elijah said, it's going to rain. And he went up on a mountaintop, and the Bible says he bowed his head between his knees, and he prayed. And he sent his aide to the edge of the cliff to look out over the Mediterranean Sea. Seven times. But on the seventh time, his aide came back and said, Prophet, there's a little cloud, a little cloud out over the sea. It's in the shape of a man's hand. And that's all Elijah needed. He said, Tell King Ahab to get in his chariot, head back to the city so that his wheels don't get stuck in the mud. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. Well, that was, that was Elijah and his prophetic positive confession. And boy, boy, did it rain. And suddenly the drought, which had been uh, for three and a half years, was broken. Why don't we believe like that today? Why? It's, is it because we live in a skeptical world where the news media fills our minds with all this junk that's going on? Uh, is it because we're surrounded by skeptical people? And they say, well, I, I just won't believe it until I see it. Are we in a I won't believe it till I see it world? Reminds me of Thomas, uh, the disciple who said, I will not believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead until I put my fingers in his side and put my fingers in his hands into the pierced, pierced uh, places in his hands and in his feet. And you know, Jesus allowed him to do that. And Jesus said, blessed are they who, you know, who have seen and believed, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Uh, let me ask you a question. When you gave your heart to Jesus, 
Did you see him? Did you see him physically? Did he walk into the room physically when you gave your heart to the Lord? Probably not. He didn't walk into the room when I was on my knees there in uh, the fall of 1968 when I gave my heart to the Lord. And yet I believed on him. So you gave your heart to the Lord. You believed in him. You confessed his name. You received him as Lord as Savior. You repented of your sins. And yet you didn't see him, right? Well, you've got faith. You've got faith. And you say, Richard, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm, uh, I'm living my life as a Christian. I'm going to go to heaven one of these days. I know I'm not going to hell. And you didn't see Jesus when you gave your heart to the Lord. Then why can't you believe and call things forth in the same manner as you believed Jesus when you got saved? I'm not talking about some mental thing out there. I'm not talking about some pie-in-the-sky thing. I'm talking about confessing the Word of God. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Uh, Mike Bernard is here in the room today. He's uh, my senior vice president. I won't turn the camera around. He's behind this monitor over here. He and I were flying home from California about two weeks ago. I'd preached in a church out there and we'd had great, great miracles. I preached twice. We were flying back home. And uh, you know, there have been a lot of trouble in airports. Uh, a lot of uh, flights canceled, uh, pilots that they can't get pilots. And, and I'm sure you've seen all the news over the past couple of months and all the, uh, the problems they've had with, with flights and, and airports that you can see baggage lined up for five miles. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's been all over the news. And I, I, I said to the Lord, Lord, uh, I, I'm praying and I'm believing and I'm confessing that these flights are going to go fine. I'm not going to have problems with losing my luggage. Uh, I want to be able to fly to California, preach and fly back home. And Mike was with me. And uh, so flying out, of course, we had to change planes because you can't go anywhere nonstop from Tulsa. You've got to stop. You, it depends on which way you're going. You either got to go through Atlanta or you got to go through Dallas. You got to go through Chicago. You got to go through Denver. You got to go through St. Louis, depending on how, where you're going. So we'd change planes and, uh, and everything was on time and everything was fine. And uh, uh, we got out to California. Bags showed up right on time. It was just, it was just wonderful. And I said, Lord, thank you, thank you that we didn't have a problem getting out here. So we preached for a couple days, and then we came back, and I said, now, Lord, I'm, I'm praying for the same thing on the way home. So we boarded the flight. It was on time. Uh, we flew uh, uh, to, to uh, uh, make a change, and this time we stopped in Phoenix. And everything was fine. The flight was on time, and I'm just saying, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. So we get, we're coming now. We're flying now the second leg to Tulsa. Well, we get about maybe 20 minutes out or so, and I, I noticed that the plane is going in circles. <laughs> you know, you can tell. And the pilot comes on, and he says, there is a thunderstorm, a lightning and thunderstorm directly over the Tulsa airport. And we only have enough fuel to circle for about 15 more minutes, and then we're going to have to divert and land in Oklahoma City. And he said, we're going to circle for those 15 minutes, but if, if the airport isn't clear, uh, then we're going to have to go to Oklahoma City and refuel. Well, that meant probably at least two hours extra 
I'm trying to be conservative. By the time they divert and they go to Oklahoma City and by the time they land and by the time the crew comes out and by the time they get the fuel trucks and by the time they do all the inspections and everything that they've got to do, and I understand all that. You're really, and, and, and they're probably gonna uh, let some people get off the airplane and you know how that goes. So I, I, I've been working on this message because uh, I've already preached it once. In fact, I preached it on my Saturday night phone call a few Saturday, I think one Saturday ago. And I've been working on this on the plane. And the Lord said, why don't you just practice what you're preaching? I said, okay. Father, not if it be your will. I believe it's your will for me and for Mike to be back in Tulsa on time without stopping in Oklahoma City. So I'm praying right now. I'm speaking to the lightning storm that has shut Tulsa Airport down. Now we're, we're going in circles. And I began to pray in tongues and I began to speak to that storm and command it to move. 10 minutes went by and I heard the flaps. Mike, Mike said, I hear the flaps. Next thing I knew the landing gear was coming down and I said, we're going to Tulsa. Now, I'm not trying to take responsibility. That's not my point. But that storm moved out away and the airport reopened so that we could land and we weren't more than just a few minutes late because of the circling. I did what I'm talking about. This is how I live my life. Speaking to things. If Jesus did it, we can do it. And it's very, very important. If you remember the story in the Bible about the woman who had the issue of blood, she said, if I can only touch the border of his garment, I know I will be healed. What she said became a knowing. If I can only touch the border of his garment, I know I will be healed. Your words are so critical. Uh, go with me back to uh, Genesis chapter 11 and you read the story of the people joining together to build a tower up to heaven. They were ungodly people. They, they wanted to become gods themselves and uh, many historians believe they were led by a man named Nimrod. There's some question about that but a lot of scholars believe his name was the leader was named Nimrod and, and uh, he wanted to be a god unto himself and they decided to build a tower up to heaven and God saw it, and God was displeased, and God said, these people can do whatever they conceive. Now, that's a powerful statement, because they got together and they came into an agreement, we're going to build a tower up to heaven. So what did God do? God did not take away their trowels. God did not take away their mortar. God did not take away their wood and their other building materials. Instead, he confused their language. That's how we got the different languages in the world. At that time on the earth, there was only one language spoken. God confused the language because he said they can do whatever they can conceive. There is such power in your words. What you say is so critically important. And I'm, I'm, I'm urging you, I'm urging you, 
to get into positive confession. Stop talking about the negative. Stop taking possession of sickness. Stop saying, I'm so sick. Stop talking about my cancer, my heart problem, my aching joints, my aching muscles, my gallbladder problem, and start confessing the Word of God. You say, those are just words, Richard. Oh, words are so important. They are so critical in your life. They can defeat you, or they can cause you to win. Remember, the Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. What you say is so critically important. I saw this uh, online and I, I printed it offline uh, about a story uh, of, a, of an old, years ago, uh, of a benevolent king who had his guards to place a heavy stone on a certain roadway in his kingdom over which his subjects would have to travel. The king then hid himself to see who would try to remove the stone. No one stopped to try to remove it, but all worked their way around it, loudly blaming the king for not keeping the roadway clear. Finally, a poor peasant farmer on his way to town with a load of vegetables, which he hoped to sell in the marketplace, came to the blocked roadway. He laid down his load and with considerable effort and loss of time managed to move the great stone to the side of the roadway. Then, turning to leave, he saw a bag which had been under the stone. He opened it and found it filled with gold and a note from the king indicating that all in the bag was to be the property of the one who removed the stone. And the writer said, and this is how many people are today. Instead of believing to remove the obstacle that Satan has put in their path, they just complain about it. They do nothing about it. They go around it and they blame God. God, how could you let this happen to me? Oh God, where are you in this? Instead of using their faith to remove it. By faith, friend, by faith. How have I done what I have done in my life? By faith. I scarcely remember anything that we've ever done over all of my lifetime that we've had any money to do it. I can remember as I grew up watching my father announce he was going to build a building and did not have one penny, not one dime to build it. I remember one building we built back in the early 70s was going to cost $5 million, which in that day was an incredible amount of money. It's probably worth $30, $40 million a day. We didn't have a penny, not a dime, but a group of us went out in that field. I remember it like it was yesterday. And we took our wallets out and we took some money and we, we, we took a, a, a shovel and we dug a little hole and we dropped about 220 something dollars in that hole and prayed and began to confess a building coming out of the ground and we built that building debt-free. I'm uh, getting ready to announce a major building project because we have to have a new headquarters here in our, in a, because we're expanding, we're, we're, we're expanding our ministry. We've got to grow. We're reaching out to nations all over the earth. 
uh, we're, we're growing, we're expanding. We're, we're, we're ministering now in Pakistan, in India, in the Ukraine, in Central uh, America, in uh, the North Pole, in Canada, in Africa. We're growing. Our ministry is growing. It's growing, and we've, out, we've outgrown. We've outgrown the area that we have, and, and we need to be in a new facility, a new state-of-the-art facility in order to reach today's generation for Christ. And uh, <laughs> it's going to cost at least $10 million. I don't have $10 million, but I have my faith. And pretty soon I'm going to be giving people an opportunity to join me in this venture. It's going to be a, a great global evangelistic center. And it's going to serve the needs of this ministry and people around the world. And I don't have the $10 million, but I have my faith. And by faith, I'm calling it in. And one thing I'm going to ask, I think, I think I'll begin, begin today asking you to pray about what God might lead you to sow over this next year. Because it's going to take some time to build it. I'm using my faith. Jesus spoke to that fig tree and it withered up. He told his disciples, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, this need, whatever it is, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That's what I'm doing. I'm saying it, I'm believing it. And I do not believe those words will come back void. And you can do the same thing if you'll just do it. And Father, right now, I pray that the words that I've given in this message out of my heart would be a blessing in the lives of people. That this message would touch your heart and cause you to begin to speak in faith, to eliminate your doubts in Jesus' name. I also pray over your, over your body. I pray for healing in every area of your body. I command sickness and disease to come out, and I pray for God's supernatural touch in your life in the authority of Jesus' mighty name. If you need special prayer, go to richardroberts.org prayer. That's richardroberts.org prayer. And thank you for all of your prayers. Thank you for all of your support. And thank you for praying about being involved in this new project. I pray and believe it will be a blessing not only to people around the world, but a blessing to you. And I'll see you next time on the Expect a Miracle podcast. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Expect a Miracle. We hope you will share it with your friends. And we want to give you a free resource this week to help you focus on the positive. Download your free copy of 10 Positive Declarations today. Start declaring who God says you are today and expect a miracle.